Welcome back to Camp Wire. I'm Sam Hurt. I'm on the communications team here at ACA, and I host uh, ACA's podcast on all things camp. Uh, there was a month break last month. We did not have an episode because of the holidays, um, but we're back in 2019, ready to get going for the year. Just like last year, uh, I interviewed um, the winners of the Eleanor P. Eels Award for Program Excellence, which is among um, several of our other awards that are also they're all presented at national conference every February. Um, but the this specific award, the Eels Award for Program Excellence, honors camps that develop effective and creative responses to the needs of people and societal problems by using the camp environment. Encourages continued development of those ideas, stimulates the exchange of creative ideas, and presents to the public examples of positive contributions camp has made on the wall on the well-being of individuals individuals and society. So today's episode is made up of five brief conversations with the directors at each of these winning camps. All right, let's start it. I'm Adam Bell, the executive director at RM Piles Boys Camp. We are a free youth development program that uses the summer camp experience to uh, dare boys to become men. We work with boys starting at age 12 and continue um, and through a sequential program year in, year out, all the way through a college or vocational training scholarship. So my role as executive director is primarily that of a fundraiser um, and uh, like a chief operations officer. Uh, and we have to raise over a million dollars every single year to provide the camp experience for the boys and young men. Uh, so it's a never-ending job. Wow, that sounds awesome. Um, so and how long have you been there? Uh, just over two years. I previously worked at a large camp in upstate New York uh, and came out to California a few years ago and uh, started working here shortly thereafter. Okay. Uh, so can you tell us kind of about your programs and really, uh, maybe like some of the details like session length and what kind of activities you have, like number of campers and staff, things like that? Sure. Uh, all of our boys start as uh, what, what we call campers or their, their first year participants. Um, they're referred by community agencies like school counselors, teachers, uh, resource officers, boys and girls clubs. Um, and they come to us for their first section, which lasts 12 days. And we bring them up into the Southern Sierras. We are as far in the middle of nowhere as you can get in California. Um, and, uh, the, the boys step off the bus um, and we go through a few days of traditional camp programming uh, like archery, ropes course, nature, fitness. Um, <clears throat> and uh, th then they, they move into the highlight being a five-day backpacking trip. Um, so they carry everything they need on their back, uh, sleep under the stars, and really come together as a unit. Uh, they return to camp 
uh, we, we have a few days of uh, wrap-up activities um, and we, we sequence the uh, same activities they did prior to their OutCamp experience and build upon that. And we wrap things up and they head home. Um, and there they enter into our year-round mentoring program where we have three staff year-round who it's their job to stay in touch with the boys, find out how they're doing at home, how they're doing in schools, and uh, make recommendations if those boys have earned the opportunity to come back for the second year program, um, which is completely different. Um, so we serve about 500 boys and young men each summer. We do five sessions uh, that are 12 days long, and each session is about 100 boys and young men, um, 72 of those being our first-year campers and the rest being the boys who have leveled up, if you will, into the other programs. Um, so that second-year program, we call it the Lion Ear program. Um, our boys get off the bus and they hike uh, 15 miles into property we own in the backcountry, and uh, from there they do a lot more leadership development. They're boys who have uh, been recommended back from the first year. They're starting to improve uh, at, at home and at school. And um, we build upon the skills from the first year. They go on longer hikes, deeper into the wilderness um, and see some great sights. And then our third year kids uh, come in and they don't even have a base camp or a cabin or a bed. So they're on the trail for two straight weeks where they're doing volunteer projects. They're giving back, helping the, the Forest Service uh, maintain trails and uh, campsites and outhouses, uh, packing out garbage that uh, the weekend warriors leave in the backcountry um, and keeping uh, nature beautiful back there. Um, all in all, I think... Um, what makes our program the most unique is the boy that we select for camp. Um, they're primarily low income. Uh, we say disadvantage. So they're, they're boys who um, they're not bad kids. They might be surrounded by negative choices or poor role models, a poor father figure, no father figure. Um, they're, the, their friends at school might be starting to get in trouble and they're the boy who a, a teacher or a coach or someone sees that if, if we can help that boy, they're going to do great things. Um, but right now they're starting to head down the wrong path. So we are a preventative program and we look for those boys that are starting to go down the wrong path and we can uh, prevent them from doing so. Hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so you, you kind of mentioned, um, well, you mentioned the mentor program, which is super cool and unique and uh, a really amazing way to engage your campers throughout the year. Um, so does that contribute to a lot of returning campers then? I mean, I imagine you'll get a lot of kids to come, not just for one year. Yeah, we, um, we do have some drop off like any camp. Um, mm -hmm. And for us, that opportunity to return is earned. Um, being a free program, it's, it's not a financial decision for the family um, like it is for many camps. Um, so it's, uh, it's for, for a lot of the boys, they really want to come back. So they're trying to find a way to earn it. Um, so we're doing that, that year round mentoring um, where our staff are making phone calls to the household. Um, they're, they're visiting schools. They're, um, 
providing events, uh, some fun events. Just last week, we uh, had about 200 people at a minor league hockey game. Um, we've gone to uh, um, educational events, museums and such. Um, and then we do volunteer projects where we get the boys to meet us at parks or different places around the community to give back to their communities. Awesome. That's great. How, how did this um, come to be? I mean, uh, where was, was it born out of a certain person's idea or a specific need in the community or? Yeah. In uh, 1949, we were founded by Robert M. Piles. Uh, that's our, our namesake of R.M. Piles Boys Camp. Uh, he uh, was a retired oil executive um, who grew up, uh, lost his father at a young age. And um, after he, he, you know, he dropped out of high school and made himself a very successful oil executive, uh, he retired and he was backpacking and uh, was challenged to see what his legacy would be. Um, and after he thought about it, he, uh, he knew that he had a, a childhood without a father figure. This was the mid 40s. A lot of men were not coming back from World War II, and he saw a need to start this program. Um, and being in love with the wilderness, he knew that there was something special about it. So uh, he started the camp back in 1949. Um, it's continued um, absolutely free ever since then uh, and has served about 30,000 boys and young men uh, since our inception. Wow, that's amazing. That That's amazing. Just the cost um, factor alone is really amazing. So good work. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I kind of, I always ask this um, in all the podcasts, um, but, but especially with this specific episode about the Eels winners. Um, what, why camp? What is it about camp or this program that matters to these kids compared to like an, um, any kind of other maybe mentor or uh, out, of, out of school program? Yeah, I think um, the the camp experience is unique, and uh, you know I'm grateful for the uh, um, five year impact study data that's starting to come out that shows that it's distinct and unique, um, which is something we feel, and now we can actually put down on paper. Um, uh, and for us, for seeking funding, that's a huge deal. But um, I, I think a, a couple of things. Um, one. Uh, getting out into nature for a lot of our boys, they've never left their block. They've never left their city. So just getting in a space that's new and different um, and it's outside their comfort zone. Um, it opens them up to uh, seeking a, a leader and a role model. And we just so happen to have camp counselors there who are leaders and role models and previously uh, were in those same situations that our boys were. 90% uh, of our counselors are former campers themselves. So they've lived in those neighborhoods. They've experienced those pressures. Um, and they're able to lead those boys who are, you know, they, they have that, that tough exterior that they, they need to have to survive down in the city. Um, but when they're 30 miles from the nearest outlet or <laughs> running water and there's bears and there's rattlesnakes, um, they don't know how to handle that. So, uh, just just that camp environment and that natural environment of, of needing to rely on someone who's more experienced and more educated than you in that situation um, 
it, it sort of cracks that that boy's exterior and and let somebody in and let someone lead them. Um, so it starts with those those tangible things like mm-hmm. archery and ropes and backpacking, and that's when we can work in those life skills and those values um, of of being a good man. Awesome, that's great. Uh, really great. And uh, you're a very good ACA um, member and representative by bringing up that five-year study. Uh, our director of research <laughs> will be very proud. <laughs> um, I want to keep Lori happy. We're, we're happy yeah. to be involved. And yeah. uh, I, I love the, the, the information. It, and it, it does uh, you know, not only help us with our program design, but for an organization that seeks a million dollars in funding. And we don't take any state or federal dollars. Um, so we approach companies and foundations and individuals to say we knew it always worked but now we can prove it um, for those folks who need to see that proof yeah awesome great well uh congratulations on your program winning the eels award this year it's you sound like you certainly deserve it well thank you so much I mean, we're we're honored to be uh part of a, a you know such esteemed camps and and other deserving camps uh, and uh, just love being part of the camp community as a whole okay so my name is Alyssa Pecorino I'm the camp director for Camp by Solabella I've been there for 25 years if you include all the years I've been there as a camper Um, the program is primarily for deaf and hard of hearing campers from all over the world we started in 1964 still running now um, primarily, we serve the New England area, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, that region. But we do get a lot of campers from other areas. Um, we serve as deaf, hard of hearing, and also what's known as CODA children, which means they're kids of deaf adults. So if their parents are deaf and they want to come to the camp to learn more about deaf culture and what it's like to be mm. in the deaf world, they come and join us for camp. Um, the sessions are two weeks long. And we're also an island in the middle of Twin Lakes. So there's a one-lane bridge that takes you from the mainland over to our camp, which we own the entire island. So it's a fantastic wow. place. Wow. That's amazing. That's awesome. So in, um, in your involvement there has, you said you were, a, you were a camper to start? Yes, I was there for six years as a camper. Okay. And then how did it, was it clear then as a camper that you knew you wanted to be involved uh, as staff? Um, or how did that, how did that come to be? I wish I could give you a specific moment that happened. <laughs> I think it was a general feeling, you know, you just get that feeling when you go to camp and you're like, wow, this place is different. Mm. Um, this is not going to be my last time here. I'll be back someday. I don't know when, I don't know how, but there's at okay. some point in my life, I'm coming back. What I didn't, realized as a child was that I was going to be back for 19 years. Wow. <laughs> so That's I came amazing. back in 2000 as a counselor, worked my way up to become director. I don't think I even conceived of that notion when mm-hmm. I was a camper, but it's amazing what an impact camp can have on you, especially in that kind of situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so as far in the maybe some details, as far as the, um, the actual sessions, are they, how many sessions are there or how long are they? Okay, so we run three different sessions. They're all broken up by ages. Um, they're two weeks long for each one. And we can take up to 48 campers at one time. So we have four cabins. They're split into boys' cabins, girls' cabins. 24 all together for boys, 24 for girls. And then there's 12 students, I'm sorry, campers, 
I work in a school, so I need to mm. go back. Sure. Um, so there's 12 campers in each cabin with three staff members. So all together, 48 campers. Okay. And what are um, maybe just a couple examples of activities that, that they do that maybe tend to be some of the favorite activities or... or uh... Well, we're your typical traditional camp. Um, for the youth session, they have classes every day, so it's a lot more structure. Uh, it's water fun, rope course, archery, um, camp studies, which is kind of a combination of nature studies and camping, just mixing that together and arts and crafts. Um, and then every night we have what we call evening activities where the staff put on a show and then that leads to the games. That's one of the favorites for the kids who attend. Um, the second week is more um, special events, special days. So the first week is mainly classes and evening activities. The second week is all different special events. Like we'll have carnival, we'll go to the amusement park, we'll take field trips, do different things like that. For the team session, the first week of classes, however, is different for them in that they get to choose what classes they want to take for the day. And every day we offer something different. So it could be anything from water skiing to learning about the stars to fishing to sports to anything. It all depends on what staff we hire for the summer and what their special talents are. So we've had a very unique <laughs> um, assortment of classes that they could choose from. And then just like youth, the second week, there's a whole bunch of different activities. I'm um, usually field trips, camping, um, going to the amusement park, things like that. Wow. That's awesome. That's really great. So I always, um, I like to kind of, I, I ask all the guests typically of CampWire to um, answer the question, why camp? Um, what is it about, what is it about camp specifically that um, is important for this kind of work that you're doing? Why not? There's nothing about camp that isn't beneficial to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, yes, we go to school, but I feel like camp fills in those gaps, those things that you'll never quite get from school. It's more beneficial to like real life, how to interact with people, the social aspects, being able to cater to the individual and being able to draw out those strengths and that worry so much about what you can't do but focus on what you can do and I really feel like camps bring that out in every child that has the opportunity to go. Um, a lot of the talk now about camps has been about like technology and things like that and I think one of the great things about most camps is there's almost no focus on technology. It's more focused on people and that interaction um, mm -hmm. and I love that. I feel in schools and other times during the year, we don't really get that connection with other people. We're so busy focused on the protocol and having to do things exactly the way they need to be, meeting state standards, testing, all of that. So camps, I feel, um, bring back the love of learning and being able to bring out the best mm -hmm. in every individual campus. So for me, I see absolutely no disadvantage to going to camp. Wow. Absolutely. That's a great answer. Well, um, that's all I have, unless you have anything specific that you'd like to add. Um, I think that's about it. I mean, we're great. super pumped. So for us to get this award is very humbling. Very humbling. Yes. Well, get. congratulations. Um, are you able to, are you attending the national conference? Yes, I will be there. Great. 
Okay. Well, I will too. So hopefully I'll be able to run into you there. Awesome. That would be great. Yes. My name is Debbie and along with my husband here, uh, we run Camp Aquila, which is a summer camp that we originated in Vermont in 2008. And then subsequently, two summers ago, started a program in Wisconsin. Um, and in between uh, both of those events, we also started a program called Beyond Aquila, which is uh, a program specifically for teens finishing 11th and 12th grade. Um, we work with children who are on the high functioning end of the autism spectrum, and they're struggling socially in their schools. And this program allows them to experience the friendship and the joy of camp. Uh, and we're also working on things like getting ready for life beyond high school, whether that's in college or in a career. Um, and they're living on a college campus in, uh, in Wisconsin. Um, and they get to experience what it's like to have a roommate, to do their own laundry, to plan meals and to do some cooking for themselves while again also just experiencing summer camp and and the bonds that we know uh, come out of of those great experiences great my name is eric sasson i'm debbie's husband and uh yeah i agree with everything she just said awesome um so you mentioned that the wisconsin ones on a college camp they're staying on a college campus is the programming there too and then how does that compare to the original location yeah, so for the, for the younger campers, for our sort of traditional camp camp, um, it's an interesting dynamic because uh, programmatically, they're very similar. Vermont, we have 400 acres on a lake, and we have a ropes course, and do lots of hiking and all that stuff. And we've kind of taken that community and duplicated it as best as possible on the Wisconsin college campus for the younger kids. Uh, but obviously, some of the programming is a bit different just because the facilities are different. Um, Within each dorm, we, we really have cabin groups that are established with same age kids and counselors. So that there's still the same kind of feel of a traditional camp, uh, but in a different setting. And then for Beyond Aquila, it's just perfect because as Debbie said, they're really, uh, a big part of what they're doing is sort of getting ready for college. And so being on a college dorm just you know, gives them that, that real direct experience with living in that kind of environment. And we also make use of the college, um, resources, you know, like, like they learn what kinds of um, services are available to college students and how to seek them out. And um, they go on tours of other colleges and can, can compare them with the one that they're living at. So it kind of works in both cases. They even have volunteer opportunities on campus, for example, working in the dining hall facilities and learning about food management and food service. So we try to use the, the benefits of being part of a small college campus as well. Um, so that they can really learn sort of even the behind the scenes things of, of college life. Mm -hmm. Great. And so what are some of, you mentioned um, some kind of, uh, I would say maybe to use the word typical camp activities like ropes course hiking. Um, what are some other activities at either location um, that come to mind as, or just highlight some of those activities that you, that are regular Camp Aquila activities? Sure. You know, the, the activities that are beyond Aquila, teens are participating in are things like swimming and tennis and more athletics and things like that, while our, our younger campers have a more full range of camp activities that include things like hiking and camping and 
um, you know, more of the arts, ceramics and woodshop um, and things like that. So our Beyond Aquila teens are really focusing more on the life skills piece um, while, you know, getting to know one another and creating those friendships, which is always a key for us uh, for Camp Aquila in general. Uh, we really focus on the relationships and, and working on building, you know, what I would call more meaningful friendships than maybe our campers uh, are able to form in their typical settings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just add that the real driving force behind Beyond Aquila is that um, there's a whole, there are a whole lot of kids out there, young adults, I should say, who are academically um, ready for college uh, and or the workforce, you know, in terms of intellectually and, um, you know, the direct skills, but all those sort of supporting soft skills that are required to succeed uh, you know, in an independent college life or in a job where they have to, you know, get along with a roommate and take care of their own, you know, sort of stuff and even personal hygiene stuff and advocating for themselves and seeking out the right kinds of resources and um, executive functioning around, you know, sort of managing their, their time. That's where they're, they're lacking. So that's, that's the need that we saw that we wanted to fill with Beyond Aquila. So they're not doing as many traditional camp activities. They're really in a very active, engaging way, practicing those skills that they're going to need in college. Yeah, I, I would add right. that because we've been running Camp Aquila, this will be our 12th summer, we have the benefit of having relationships with kids who have already been through the college application and gone through college, some successfully and unfortunately quite a few less successfully. So we've had the benefit of talking to their parents and, and to our former campers directly about what they wish they had known, what they wish they had had an opportunity to practice before they got through those experiences so they might have been more successful. Because when you're, when you're a teen who's, who's going through that process, I think that um, you know, it's important that they have the opportunity to, to practice those skills. Um, so many of our, of our teens are just really you know, bright and sweet kids, but they, they need more scaffolding around the areas that Eric talked about. And so we're trying to give them an opportunity to, to have that in a, safe, in a safe environment before they're sort of put into a world where they're really on their own for the most part. Um, so that's really the behind this, the, the point of Beyond Aquila. All right. Can you, can you talk about um, staffing for Beyond Aquila? It sounds like a lot of this is to, to build autonomy for your campers. Um, so can you kind of uh, describe what your staffing looks like for that? Yeah, sure. Um, we have a fantastic director of Beyond Aquila, uh, actually a couple. Um, Kevin it works with us year round and has done uh, for many years. And his wife is our, uh, is his co-director. So, you know, it's a kind of an adult set of uh, people in charge who are really thoughtfully planning and, and, you know, sort of building the curriculum throughout the year and recruiting the campers and so forth. And then um, they work with, you know, I would say a similar group to our traditional camp staff, um, which is more, more experienced and older than, than other, than other camps. And then beyond Aquila, kind of even more so. So because the kids themselves are 17, 18, sometimes even 19, uh, these counselors are in a place in life where they've been through college, typically graduate programs, and are um, really passionate about helping this population, um, sharing their wisdom and experience with these kids. Uh, they actually do a lot of the curriculum 
delivery themselves. So Kevin and Kristen come in with, you know, with an idea of exactly what kinds of activities and what kind of um, topics we want the kids to, to discuss and learn from and experience, but they work really closely with their summer staff to create activities and, um, and opportunities for the kids to really learn those things. But I do, I do think you sort of hit the nail on the head in terms of the challenge of this program in that there is an important balance that we're trying to create of independence versus guidance and mm-hmm. making sure that we're allowing our campers to really feel like they're growing and learning and developing and by the end of the summer that they will be more equipped to do that more independently. So our staff sort of start with a little bit more intention in the beginning of being more involved. And then as the, the time goes by that they're, you know, with us at Beyond Aquila, they can pull back a little bit more and give more autonomy to our teens to even make mistakes so that they can learn from them in a safe way. Great. Well, it sounds awesome. What, one thing, and I, I guess I, I'd be interested to hear from you, like you each personally about this, but I always ask guests why camp and what about a camp? Like, what is it about camp that is important in this, maybe this specific area? Um, So if you could each kind of try to tackle that huge question (laughs) Uh, and, but from like your personal standpoint too, like why did you start, right? How did you get involved with this and why? Sure. Um, Trying to be succinct. Do you want to start? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, boy, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I just love camp. I think that uh, for me as a young person, camp was the most important and fun and meaningful and memorable part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And um, I really have never done anything else with my life. I'm one of those <laughs> guys who just, you know, got a degree in education because I thought that it was the closest thing I could get to being a camper my whole life. Um, and so I, I just, I'm just really sold on the value of camp and the outcomes for any kid. And when I met Debbie and we started to think about what kinds of communities we were passionate about building, and what kind of campers we'd like to serve. Um, she brought a background uh, that, that lends itself more to kids who have some, some needs and so for me, like everything that I believed about camp to be true for a typical kid is amplified by the population we work with, because I think they're, they're that much more in need of community and of friendship and confidence and adults who believe in them and all the things that I think are magical about camp. Mm-hmm. Um, at Aquila, it's just, it's so palpable that we're making this incredible difference in their lives. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say my camp, my childhood camp experience was different from Eric's in that while I enjoyed camp and I'm still best friends with one of my fellow campers from my childhood camp, it was always a struggle for me. I was always one of those kids who was homesick for the full four weeks that I was away in Maryland. And um, I think that when I became a camp counselor as a college student, I was always drawn to those kids who struggled similarly. And found that my experience uh, with my own struggles through camp were helpful for them. And so when the opportunity came for for us to open a camp and when I married someone who wanted to make camp his life, um, I knew that I could offer something to kids who might um, be struggling a little bit more. And then when I got my doctorate in clinical psychology, 
you know, this population, the world of Asperger's was sort of coming to the forefront. And Eric and I recognized that some of the kids that we had worked with as adults in different camps were probably kids who were undiagnosed or who had been recently diagnosed. And we felt like, you know, if we could create a world that was specifically designed for them with a lot of intentionality, they would be really successful. And uh, rather than have them try to sort of mold and, and change themselves to fit into a quote unquote typical camp, we wanted to create a world that was specifically designed for them. And I think, uh, you know, since 2008, we've just been so lucky to watch how beneficial it is for kids to meet other kids who have similar interests and uh, similar life experiences so that they're going to each other's proms and sweet 16s and bar and bat mitzvahs and they might not have had those experiences without camp. So like Eric said, we get to, you know, on a regular basis, get to see how camp has changed their lives. And it's just so amazing for us. Wow. That's great. Uh, you're doing amazing work and you were very deserving of the Eels Award for Program Excellence. So congratulations. Thank you. We're Thank so you. honored, really. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to hear about, to all these programs, um, I'm lucky to be able to interview all of you and there's something so similar in what all, what you're all doing. And, um, and even if the programs themselves are very different, which yeah. is great. Yeah, that's great. Okay, perfect. Um, my name is Mircha uh, Diversion. I am the CEO, the president CEO of Kostopoulos Reef Foundation, which is the home of Camp Kostopoulos. We're located in Immigration Canyon, Salt Lake City, Utah just a minutes outside of the metropolitan area here in this beautiful, gorgeous canyon. Uh, we've been here for more than 50 years, and uh, we're a very inclusive and diverse camp that provides uh, recreation, education, and growth opportunities for people of all abilities. When we say that, we, um, we really, truly are a very diverse ecosystem where we serve children, teenagers, and adults. Uh, with or without disabilities. Those that do have disabilities is the core of our mission. And we serve people that have both cognitive or uh, physical challenges. Uh, our ages, you know, range from probably a four-year-old would be the youngest we would have in our programs. And uh, the oldest we had here at Camp K was a 99-year-old individual. He was a, a disabled veteran um, that came into Camp K for, uh, to take advantage of what we have to offer. Uh, as most camps are way outside of, of a metropolitan area, we're 20 minutes from Salt Lake International Airport with five minutes from the primary children hospital. Uh, we have a EMT station, fire station here two minutes away. We're, we're a prime location where it's just pristine, beautiful canyon uh, uh, with spectacular views, but also so close to emergency care should any of the people with disabilities need support in that regard. So that's why it makes it uh, just a, a phenomenal location to serve our individuals with, with special needs here at KMK. So um, as an immigrant myself to the United States, I came here uh, over 20 years ago as a teenager. Uh, I... Uh, as I was studying to become a uh, banker in university, finance, taking the finance and banking, um, I, uh, I ended up being a counselor here at Camp K. And that summer of 
uh, really just changed my pers- my perception, my perspective of life, of what it means to to live a life of service, to to be in service of other people, and make a difference in people's lives. I kept coming as a counselor for uh, two more summers, so a total of three summers. Then I graduated, worked in a large bank. Uh, and uh, less than a year after that, I decided to leave the banking world and come back to Camp K. And I've been here ever since for about 20 years now. And uh, I, I probably, um, I, I wore every single possible hat that you can wear here from being an office manager to a finance director, a CFO, COO, and then president and CEO. It has been a tremendous uh, journey for me. And uh, and I'm very proud of our accomplishment. We serve people from all over the, all over the world, all over the United States, uh, people of all different challenges and disabilities uh, in a residential program, a trip program, a day program, very, very inclusive that way. We have vocational programs. We have um, work experience program for teenagers with uh, autism. Uh, we have partner camps with University of Utah for children without disabilities. Um, we have so many different things uh, where we try to continually uh, push people outside of their comfort zones, uh, give them an opportunity to uh, try things they have not they have not tried before, uh, build self-esteem, and uh, uh, ultimately, you know, go back into the community and to society to try to live the best life that they possibly can. We try to be different. We try to be inspirational. We try to. Uh, uh, you know, um, to be an inspiration to others, to get involved with us, to make a difference in, in people's lives. So we're very proud to, to do what we do here in this community in the state of Utah. Great. That sounds amazing. Um, can you, um, well, a couple things, can you um, kind of tell us on a, any given, in your summertime programs, any given time, how many campers do you usually have there? And also, what are some of the, can you highlight some of the activities that those campers are doing? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So if we're going to talk about our summer camp, summer camp is, it's, it's by far the most intense, the most energetic, the most exciting programs we have. We have about 100 employees during the summer. They all come in May and uh, they leave us in, uh, in August. Uh, with a change, with a life-changing experience. So um, we have on a 30-acre uh, campus, uh, pretty compact, we have a fish pond where we stock uh, trout every year, um, where we do all sorts of fishing activities. We have a sports court where we do all sorts of um, um games and sports and, and, and talent shows and drama and music and dances and all sorts of different things. We have a, a beautiful pavilion, covered pavilion. We have uh, three yurts on the property that, uh, you know, act as our classrooms, so to speak. Um, we have cabins. We got our lodge. Uh, we have an outdoor equestrian uh, corral and an indoor equestrian center. Now, Camp Costopolis were located here in Immigration Canyon, which sits at about 5,800 feet uh, elevation. And this equestrian center is fairly new. We built it on top of the mountains. It's probably one of the most gorgeous equestrian centers with the views that we have up here. So it's a, we have an indoor equestrian center as well, where we provide equine therapy and all sorts of interaction with our animals and opportunities to learn. 
We have a swimming pool here on site. Uh, it's a heated swimming pool, swimming pool for people with disabilities. Uh, some people that have disabilities, if they're paraplegic, they might not fill their extremities and they could go into hypothermia and they would not even know it. So we need to keep the temperature warm. Uh, we have um, a lot of trails on, on our property that we can you know, go horseback riding or just hiking or experience nature. Uh, we have um, a beautiful, uh, the largest in Utah ropes course. We have a 60 foot high uh, ropes course, a 40 foot high ropes course, two climbing walls and a low ropes course where we do all sorts of challenge by choice opportunities. We do um, team building or communication or leadership, uh, all sorts of different programs for them. And then we also have a lake just up the canyon very close to us where we go canoeing. So uh, we do a lot of the outdoor recreational opportunities for people with disabilities. And then we do a lot of games and play and self-expression for music, to drama, to plays, to dance. Um, and uh, those are some of the major opportunities we do here at KMK. Sounds great. I, I, I've been to Salt Lake um, once and I'm kind of trying to picture how beautiful it would be to be up in those trails and um, it sounds like an amazing place. Um, I usually try to ask every guest on the podcast, um, why camp? Why, why is that the camp can make a difference? Well, now this is a key question. This is this is the, the question that defines our industry, okay. in my opinion. Um, you know, altogether, I think in order to achieve success, uh, you got to develop uh, emotional intelligence. In order to maintain success, you got to have IQ, which is you know your your cognitive intelligence. Um, in order to acquire respect. Uh, you gotta you gotta express love, and those three things are very alive in a camp environment. Uh, in a camping environment, as Camp Castopolis, uh, as diverse as it is, where we have employees. Last year, I had employees from 24 different states, uh, from 23 different countries. Um, in an, an environment like that where you serve people of all ages and all disabilities, um, you, you are interacting with people that have different backgrounds, different views, different philosophies of life, different religion beliefs, uh, education, race, social, uh, you know, social, uh, socioeconomic, um, I would say, backgrounds or, uh, and so on and so forth. And all of those emerge into this environment, which is an environment that is built on trust. You know, you have to remember that parents, in order to give you, in your care, those individuals, those children, you have, they have to, you have to gain their trust. They have to trust you in order to do so. In that environment, you allow for everyone to thrive. So there's no cookie cutters. Every individual is a different person. Every, every individual is different. And uh, you have to, uh, to learn from one another. You have to learn how they express themselves. You have to learn how to support them so they can achieve success. And uh, uh, that's inclusion. Inclusion really is taking diversity and making it work. Uh, helping every individual to find their own abilities, to find their own way towards success. And uh, uh, 
That's how you develop emotional intelligence, which is really just communication, understanding, reacting to feelings. Uh, you know, you experience that throughout the summer. It's a very challenging environment. You challenge yourself every week as a staff member. You challenge yourself as a student, as a camper. And then love is everywhere. You know, without, without love, you can't, uh, you, you can't do what we do here at Camp K. Uh, there's two things that we say that our employees have is you got to have an open mind and then you have to have a big heart. Those are two things that we request of our staff in order to, uh, to feel like they're going to be a good fit for us here at Camp K. And that's what makes us different. And that's really what the camping world is all about, is about building leaders. It's about opening uh, new opportunities. It's about opening new horizons. It's about experiences, experiencing and finding new skills. Um, and, uh, and that's what the, the camp environment is all about. And we were very dedicated towards it. We're very compassionate. We hope that we can inspire by serving people with disabilities and people without disabilities. We hope we can inspire the world to be more gentle and more kind to one another and more understanding to each other's differences. And, uh, and that's what really what we stand for. And, and we're very proud of that. Absolutely. That's amazing. Great. Well, um, congratulations on winning the Eels Award for um, Program Excellence. Uh, sounds like you guys are doing a really great thing out there um, for Utah and for uh, every, everywhere. Um, so congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. So my name is Diane Turnbull. I am um, transitioning from the Director of Operations to the Executive Director position. And I've been here in this position for about a year and a half. Great. Any how did you how did you first get started with Upper Bound? Well, <clears throat> when I was 16 years old, I volunteered to work at camp um, in 1978. It was the first year that we were providing camp services to people with disabilities. And uh, I just happened to send in an application and got hired. I was going to go for one week, and I ended up staying for four years. And then I went off and mm -hmm. went to college raised my kids and um, came back to visit about two years ago and um, and through the course of visiting and spending time at camp uh, Laura began to ask well what have you been doing what's your history in terms of work and um, so from there we she offered me a position and I took it and I'm back <laughs> awesome Awesome. That sounds great. That's a, it's, in, it's kind of cool. Um, a lot of the, well, not a lot, but some of the people I've spoken to so far kind of have, have been in, in it for the long haul at, at where their respective places. It's cool that you had the chance to start there, leave, and then years later, come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a nice circle. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what, the, what is Upward Bound all about? What, are, what is it that you're doing there? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, our official mission statement is Upward Bound Camp provides faith-based recreational and educational experiences for teens and adults with developmental disabilities. And that's pretty much what we've been doing since 1978. But over the years, of course, um, as you learn your campers, learn what their needs are, you begin to understand um, that their needs change as they age. 
So Upward Bound is very unique in that we are still serving some of those campers who started coming, you know, 40 years ago. Um, and that's been one of the joys of coming back to camp, uh, just seeing those folks who, you know, were teenagers when I was a teenager, and now they're mm-hmm. grown, and, <laughs> and um, they live out in the world, and they're learning new things, and they, they come they come every year, every year. It's just amazing to me. So, you know, our ability to kind of get to know these people, learn what their needs are, and um, be able to provide that. For instance, some of those people who have been coming for 40 years, 35 years, they're starting to age out of the um, Evans Creek site. So, which is not necessarily primitive, but it's hilly and gravelly. And if you're in a wheelchair, it's pretty challenging to get around. Hmm. So about four years ago, they purchased the gate site, which is an old elementary school. So it's just flat property. And um, those people who have ambulatory issues can get around. They can, you know, get to the campfire with, on the sidewalk rather than having to go, you know, over the tra- trails and whatnot. Um, it's just it just became clear that we needed to provide um, something a little bit easier for some of our campers to access so that they could continue experiencing, you know, recreational opportunities, camp opportunities, um, and that which a lot of them just don't have. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. So um, in any given time, how many, uh, I guess, quote unquote, campers would, would you say are there and, and how does that relate to how many staff members there are? Yeah. Um, so right now when we, we've mostly just had summer camp up until the last couple of years and at summer camp, we can serve anywhere from 35 to 45 campers. Um, again, it depends on what the needs of those campers are. Uh, if they are campers who need a little bit more um, support for activities of daily living, we provide more staff. Um, so the, the typical ratio is about one staff person to four campers. Um, and then if we have people who have greater needs, we um, can go as high as one-to-one staffing. Um, we have to do a lot of planning for that because we don't always have, um, you know, our staff isn't always uh, if we've got more than more than a few campers, we have to sort of figure out how to staff that. But um, that's one of the joys of running a smaller camp. Um, we can figure those things out for the people who have those kinds of needs. Does that Great. answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Great. And, and what, what kind of, can you kind of go through some of the activities that campers are doing on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, this is one of the things I love about camp. So a lot of our campers, they live in care homes or with a family member who's aging. They don't necessarily um, have a lot of opportunities to get out and recreate in the outdoors. Um, and they, uh, the other thing to know about our campers is that they want to be just like everybody else. So what um, we've been doing for years, for 40 years, is providing a camp service that is as close to what somebody who wasn't disabled would be able to access. So that includes archery, swimming, fishing. Fishing is huge. They love fishing. Hmm. Um, Hiking, volleyball. We have um, a a swing that works for people with wheelchairs. Um, One of my favorite things is we have outdoor bowling. So bowling is a huge thing. (laughs) 
for our campers. A lot of them participate in Special Olympics bowling, and um, we didn't have that when I was here, and, and that, I got really excited about that when I first came, and I was like, is this a bowling alley right <laughs> in the middle of camp? <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. It is. It's pretty great. And then, of course, you know, your typical arts and crafts activities, um, uh, campfire activities and skits and talent shows and it's great and then we have the the um, sort of spiritual aspect um, which we share with all of our campers and it's not something that um, you know anybody has to provide in we just try to offer opportunities for spiritual connection through music Bible study community um, so people just know that um, this can be a part of your life and it can add to your life a great deal. Um, but it's not required. Hmm. So. Great. And, and how long are the sessions typically? Um, again, it depends on the needs of the campers. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. They're generally five day sessions, four nights. Um, great. at Gates, we do, um, four day sessions, three nights. Awesome. Well, um, what I ask, what I try to ask everyone on the podcast, um, regardless of what the episode's about, is um, why camp? And what I mean is why uh, why is camp important in this specific subject or in this world, like for special need people with special needs, um, or anyone else in, um, at all? Why is camp important? I just think about. Um some of our campers who are excluded from so much of what happens in the world because they have a disability. And it could be that it's because people don't know what it would take to serve a person who has a physical disability or a developmental mm -hmm. disability. And um, we want to make sure that our campers get to do as many of the same things as people who don't have disabilities get to do. Um, and I think we do a really good job at it. And when I, when I see a camper who catches a fish for the first time in his life um, and the joy on that person's face, um, that is, that's the gift. That's the gift of camp. Just being able to do those things that, you know, their brothers and sisters do that their parents do that they haven't had the opportunity to do. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well said. That's, that's great. Is there anything else that you want to add? Yeah, I can't really think of anything. I mean, I guess, well, one thing is I know that this is an award for creative programming. So I think it's important to highlight um, some of the things that we do that are outside of the regular summer camp. Sure. Um, yeah. So, um, we offer holiday camps for campers who don't have families to share their holidays with. Um, and we usually have about the same 10 campers that come every year. So it gets to be like a family, you know, for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or for Easter. And we try to provide um, as close to what a person would experience with a family um, at those camps. So at Christmas camp, we, um, ahead of time, we send out, uh, notices to our, our donors and our volunteers about some of the things that the campers need. And so most of the, they get presents, um, usually about 10 different presents based on things that they need, things that we know about them because we've been working with them for so long. Um, so they get, 
you know, Christmas presents. If you live in a care home, uh, you maybe will get a couple Christmas presents from the staff, but it's not like, you know, we have Santa Claus come, and it's, it's just really fun for them. Um, we also have what I like to call invitational camps, and the three that we are doing right now are leadership camp, which is an opportunity for um, our campers to come and learn things like CPR, first aid, how to use the AED, um, how to assist a person who might need help walking. So these are our um, campers with disabilities, maybe a little bit more high functioning, and then they get an opportunity to come to camp at a, a de um, not a decrease rate, but a you know sort of scholarship rate, and um, help some of our other campers. Our campers love to help each other. Um, the other thing is is that we have. Um, women's and men's retreats so you know so many of our campers they see people going to these special events where they have speakers and get to do fun things and um so this year we did our first women's retreat and we we um, partnered with a church that is across the street from the gates um from the gates facility and um the ladies came in and they taught sewing and they did spa with the girls and i mean it was just it was a really special time and um it's so much fun to be able to provide an opportunity that is something that people have dreamed about i mean you know we like to do these special things and uh so that's part of the creative programming that we offer our campers great well that's awesome and um Sounds like you're doing awesome things there, and congratulations on winning the Eels Award. It's incredible, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm so glad that uh, um, we're being recognized for this because I'm telling you this. I guess the other thing that should be discussed is, um, you know, this camp has been run for 40 years by um, Laura and Jerry Pierce, and they're the ones who um, have laid the groundwork for this kind of creative programming. Um, I am blessed to know them and blessed to be able to participate um, as a staff person, as administrator in uh, this particular camp. Um, and we wouldn't be here without them. Thanks again to the EELS winners uh, for program excellence for talking with me and um, sharing what, they're, what they've been up to at their camps. Sounds like some amazing programs are taking place there. And congratulations to them again. Um, follow us. Follow ACA on social media. We're at ACA Camps on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we are actually in the process of putting out some really cool videos right now that highlight what we're learning about camp um, from our five-year impact study. I know that that's, it was mentioned in one of the um, by one of the winners in this interview uh, or in this podcast, and it's been mentioned before by our director of research, Lori Brown. It's a huge research project that we're right in the middle of now, and we've got some videos that sort of ex sort of explain um, some of the really awesome things that we're learning um, that camp does for as for us as people. Um, so uh, check those videos out they're, as they're coming out. A couple of them, are, well, they're already out on our site, but they're coming out through social media as well. So have have an eye out for those, and uh, share if you feel so inclined. We'd love that. So that's it for this month. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for more. Mm -hmm.